Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. It has become customary for Pastor J.D. to share the gospel at the close of every prophecy update. Why is that? Well, it's because, like many of us, Pastor J.D. senses even more so the times that we're in. Things are getting more serious each passing day. The prophecies of the last days are falling into place all around us. Today is the day of salvation. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 29th, 2018. Russia warns Israel that they will not stop arming Syria no matter what the threat is to the Jewish state. Iran warns Trump. (laughs) Remain in nuclear deal or face severe consequences. Iranian official, retaliation for Israeli strike in Syria, inevitable, inevitable. If Iran attacks Tel Aviv, these are just headlines. If Iran attacks Tel Aviv, Israel will strike in Tehran. You know, Jesus in Matthew 24, when the disciples asked him, hey, what are going to be the signs of your return and the end of the age? And what does he say? Oh, nation will rise up against nation, and there will be wars and threats of wars. (laughs) Israel, Iran exchange threats as war prospects mount. In Iran, Israel spar... Netanyahu says Iran will pay a heavy price. Iranian generals, Israel has nowhere to run. He could write a whole, (laughs) I mean, the article just on the headlines. Iran threatens to annihilate Israel as Hezbollah boasts of reach of rockets. Iran's revolutionary guards threaten Israel Fingers on the trigger, (laughs) missiles ready for launch. Have a nice afternoon. Head of Iranian Navy threatens to sink U.S. Navy vessels. Analysis. Conflict between Iran and Israel will rest on the fate of... Here it is. You ready for it? Wait for it. (laughs) You know what it is. The Iran nuclear deal. Hmm. Iran says 
It's ready to attack Israel at any moment. Iran's Khamenei urges Muslim nations to unite against the U.S. U.S. Us. U.S. Lieberman. If Iran (laughs) strikes Tel Aviv, Israel will hit Tehran. Mattis, receiving Lieberman, warns of conflict between Israel and Iran. World War III, Turkey's Erdogan calls for army of Islam to attack Israel on all sides. Nasrallah, resistance has rockets that can hit any location in Israel. Steinitz, Assad will pay the price if Israel is attacked from Syria. Analysis. Who will side with whom if Syria explodes? It's not if, it's when Syria explodes. And this last one, not a Christian headline, an end of day's guide (laughs) to the current conflict in Syria. How's that for just a sampling of some of the headlines? A number of years ago, I put together a prophecy puzzle of sorts because I, like many of you, am a visual learner and I wanted to see how all the prophetic puzzle pieces could possibly come together and fit together. So I went back into my archives, and it was really interesting, really ironic actually, because the last time I referred to this prophecy puzzle was one year ago on May 14th of 2000. (laughs) Yes, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. So that that was a Sunday last year. And we're coming up almost to the day, what, uh, 16 days from today is uh, May the 14th, if my math is correct. Well, please know that, and I want to go through this, but I, I don't want to come off as having this all figured out. I don't. And I hope you know that. What this is, is just one plausible scenario based on what I call the interconnecting and intersecting dynamic of Bible prophecy. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Bible prophecy is connected in the sense that the fulfillment of Bible prophecy works in tandem in concert together, one with the other. This is why I always refer to the Isaiah 17 prophecy concerning the destruction of Damascus as being a catalyst for the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, because in Ezekiel 38, they come from the north. Iran, Russia, Turkey, et al., they come through Syria from the north in the Golan there on the border. So if you'll kindly permit me to... I want to argue the case 
that the aforementioned headlines prove beyond any reasonable doubt that all the prophetic puzzle pieces are now in place. And I'm going to borrow a word from the headline we just read. It is inevitable. It's just a matter of time. It's not if, it's when, and how soon. So, bear with me. In the interest of time, I'm going to just have to proceed with the presupposition that you are familiar, at least, with, or somewhat knowledgeable of these prophecies and what they entail. If not, that's all right. I'll briefly explain them, but... I really want to encourage you to be a Berean in the sense that you need to search the Scriptures for yourself and see if this be true. First, I believe we're on the cusp of the sudden destruction that Paul says will happen while the world is saying two specific words, peace and security. Sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. We are on the cusp of seeing that come to pass. That's why I put Isaiah 17 next. Isaiah 17, particularly verse 1, is a prophecy about the sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria, and it will be so destroyed that it will be uninhabitable. Along with Isaiah 17, I'm placing the Zechariah 12 prophecy puzzle piece by virtue of how today the world has this intoxicating obsession with the dividing, the moving of Jerusalem's boundary stones. And this is what we see taking place today, right before our very eyes. It's all about Jerusalem. Don't think for a second that when Trump officially moves the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, don't think for a second that it will go unanswered. In addition to the Zechariah 12 prophecy, I'm also putting the Ezekiel 38 prophecy in place because, again, This is the catalyst. You have Russia, Iran, Turkey, and this alliance of nations that attack Israel. It's believed to be a nuclear attack. But God intervenes and saves His people so that they will know that He is God. That's the purpose. And the purpose of the attack is to take from Israel what Israel has. That's the hook that many believe that is in the jaw that God says He will put in their jaw. What is that hook? Oh, it's the natural gas and the oil. I don't know if you know this or not, but Russia right now is almost decimated economically because of the oil, because of how expensive it is in Russia today to get a barrel of oil. It's actually coming now at a loss based on what the price of oil is. So it's believed that Russia with Iran and Turkey and this alliance will attack Israel for that reason. I'm putting Daniel 9.27 next to Ezekiel 38. Again, plausible scenario. 
What's Daniel 9.27? Daniel 9.27 is a very important prophecy about how the Antichrist will enforce by force a seven-year peace agreement. And at the three-and-a-half-year mark, at the middle, he will set himself up in the newly rebuilt temple, which I believe will be part of said deal, and he will declare himself to be God. And this is when the Jews will realize, this is not our Christ. This is the false Christ, the Antichrist, in place of Christ, because he will commit this abomination that causes desolation. And that will be a catalyst that will bring God's people, the Jews, to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah. And for the last three and a half years, God himself will protect them, I believe, in modern-day Jordan, in the ancient rock city of Petra, for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. And that's what the prophecy of Daniel 9.27 is. And then I'm placing, lastly, Revelation 13. Why? Because this is a prophecy about how the Antichrist will commence with this one-world government, this one-world economy, and this one-world religion, all coexisting, And the economy will be such that no man will be able to buy or sell without this mark. And by the way, the technology is in place today, and I will even venture to say that the technology that we could at this rate have in just five years from now exceeds the technology that is described in the Bible at the time of the end. You know what I mean by that, right? In other words... uh, the technology maybe in five years to put somebody on Mars, which I don't know why anybody would want to go to Mars. I think some maybe already have, but anyway. <laughs> um, that That's technology that exceeds the technology that is described in the Bible at the time of the end. That kind of puts it into perspective. Well, here's the question that I'm asked all the time. Where does the rapture fit into this scenario? And I love that question. Uh, because the answer is, we don't know. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. No, listen. <laughs> There's a reason why we don't know. Um, the rapture can happen at any time. First Thessalonians 5.3 doesn't need to happen. Isaiah 17 doesn't need to happen. Or how about this one? And we've talked about this in recent weeks. Again, plausible scenario. And I'm becoming increasingly convinced that it's even more plausible with each passing day. The rapture of the church comes simultaneously with the sudden destruction that comes upon them when they don't escape, but we who are alive and remain do escape. In the great escape, the blessed hope of the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ, which is, I'm going to use the word again if you don't mind. What are you going to say? No. (laughs) Inevitable. Imminent. It can happen at any time. This is why I've been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at the end of every single one of our prophecy updates. And if you'll just give me a couple of minutes, I won't take very long, 
I want to share with you what the gospel is first, because everything that I just talked about, about how that the rapture could happen at any time, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. When Jesus said in Luke 21, 28, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. You know what? That only applies to those who are born again of the Spirit of God. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, this doesn't apply to you. I cannot, in all honesty, I would be disingenuous at best, dishonest at worst, if I stood here behind this pulpit and gave you the impression that unless you have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, that this doesn't apply to you, (laughs) that's false. I can't do that. I have to speak the truth in love. And here's the truth. Unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't care how good you are. You'll never be good enough. There's going to be a lot of bad people in heaven. I'll be at the front of that line. And a lot of very good people in hell. Because that's not the litmus test by which you're allowed entrance into heaven. The only way you and I will be allowed entrance into heaven is by answering the question of what did you do with the person of Jesus Christ. That's the only basis upon which we can enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's the gospel. And that's what I want to share. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, the apostle Paul defines what the gospel is, saying that it's of first importance. It's the most important. And it's that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and then three days later, according to the scriptures, rose again from the dead. That's the good news. Why is that the good news? Because in so doing, he paid yours and my death penalty. What do you mean death penalty? Oh, we were all born with a death sentence. How so? Oh, because we were all born sinners. As we're going to see in a moment, the wages of sin is death the death penalty. And Jesus came and said, I will pay that death penalty for you by going to my death instead of you. And all who will believe in me, put their trust in me, accept my payment for them, will be saved. That's the gospel. In a nutshell. It's very simple. It's childlike simple. And here's how to respond to the gospel. Again, childlike simple. ABC simple. The A is for admit that you're a sinner in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. You might even say there's no one righteous enough. There's no one good, no one good enough. Romans 3.23 says, All, keyword, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's really interesting. I might, if you'll just indulge me, parenthetically say, that the word sin carries with it the idea of an archery missing the mark, falling short, where the, the arrow falls short of the bullseye. That's what the word sin means. We've all fallen short, missed the mark, fallen short 
of the glory of God. And this is Romans 6.23 now, where we're pronounced and, and sentenced to death. It says, for the wages of sin is death. You might say that this is the bad news, that we've been sentenced to death because of sin. But here's the good news. The good news is the gift of God, gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says this, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Will. Not might, not could, not should. Will be saved. And here's the C, and they all go together. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord. And this is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13 says, All who call, call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord, I'm going to make no assumptions. If you're sitting here in this church today or watching this online, online by some way, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you, I implore you today to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Don't put it off. It is the most important decision you will ever make in your life for eternal life. Please stand and we'll pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the more sure word of prophecy. Thank you for telling us in your word what's going to happen before it happens so that when we see it begin to happen, non-believers will believe and believers will look up. Lord, we know our time here is short. And the end draws near. We see everything that is taking place in the world today, and it is exactly as you said it would be. So Lord, I just would pray for anyone here today or watching this. You you led them to this video online. It wasn't an accident. Or even to this church to be here today. And Lord, I pray that this would be the day, the day, of their salvation. And Lord, lastly, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We long for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InspiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InspiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.